Tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody had a safe and uh, good weekend under the circumstances. All Islander fans sticking together under these difficult times, and and as we mentioned on. Friday show, lots of uh, Islander-related things on the internet, on the NHL Network, on MSG+, Plus, to at least keep us going uh, during this suspension of play. And we here at the Locked On Islanders podcast will also keep going. We will be with you Monday through Friday with a new show uh, just to give you the latest news, to give you different perspectives on the Islanders. And, uh, and a whole lot more. So make sure you stay with us. And if you want to participate in the show, send us a question, a comment. If there's a topic that's on your mind, you can email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air and talk about whatever happens to be on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter or contact us on Twitter the Twitter address at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, your host on Twitter, my handle at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and notes from around the NHL and, of course, pertaining to the New York Islanders. We have got a busy show today. We're going to talk a little bit about the latest uh, information about the NHL and when, you know, what the league may be planning as far as a resumption of play or when and how that may eventually take place. We will take a look back at a big game for Mike Bossy on this date in Islanders history. And later on in the show, we have Gary Harding of WGBB Radio and of the Islanders Booster Club. He'll be joining me. Uh, this will be part one of our conversation, and he'll be joining me for a few days this week to talk about the Islanders, where they're at, where they're going, and uh, what's going to happen once play does resume. So make sure you stay with us through all of that. The latest news right now, the NHL Board of Governors is holding a meeting on Monday today to discuss mostly financial issues and figuring out, you know, where they go from here. And, you know, obviously, I think the NHL is going to be affected by the shutdown more than other leagues. And and, and there's a simple reason for that. 
and it is that the National Hockey League, more than other leagues, is dependent on attendance and gate receipts for its, you know, for most of its income. Look, the National Football League, for example, they make most of their money from television revenue. And, you know, they have deals with all the major networks and cable networks that cover sports more or less in the United States on a national basis. And that's how, you know, they're going to cover things. And if nobody showed up at NFL stadiums across the country, the NFL financially, at least, would be just fine. So I, I think the NHL, more than any other league, being dependent on gate receipts, the TV money, yeah, it's better than it ever has been, but it's not in the same ballpark as the NBA, the NFL, and Major League Baseball. They're going to do their best to play some semblance of a season uh, if they can. And it, that remains to be seen, obviously. Nobody knows how long it's going to take until the players can return to the ice. The longer this drags on, obviously, teams will need some form of training camps to get back into shape. Uh, but look, one step at a time, the NHL meeting today, Board of Governors trying to figure out their next move. Most of the discussion, according to published reports, is going to be financially related, uh, financial information, what the league is going to do. But at the same time, obviously, uh, when and how to resume and whether or not they will be able to award the Stanley Cup in 2020 remains to be seen. One thing we do know, and uh, we talked about this last week on the show, the league does not want to do anything with regard to the finish of this season and playoffs that will prevent them from playing a full season in 2020-2021. So, look, the training camps open in September. Season usually gets underway in October. They don't want to push that back very far if they don't have to, and certainly you can't blame them for that. The question just becomes whether or not they'll be able to fit in some kind of playoff situation. And there are a lot of options. You could shorten the number of games in series. You could shorten the number of teams that make the playoffs. They may expand it also to try to make things fairer because the regular season has been cut off. So lots of potential options on the board for the NHL to try to uh, work their way through. It is still too early to tell, but for now, you know what? Social media, uh, NHL Network, MSG+, Plus, YouTube, plenty of places to see Islander Hockey and to communicate on Twitter, for example, even with some of the players and stay up to date on all things Islanders. And we will be here, like we said, every day. Uh, to give you the latest and to entertain you and keep the Locked On Islanders family together. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Islanders is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Islander fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company 
the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, and not just any podcast listener, a locked-on podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Islander fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated, has disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Just text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we will take a look back at a big day for Mike Bossy on this date in Islanders history. Plus, we have Gary Harding of WGBB Radio to talk some Islanders. Lots more to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We go back to March the 23rd. 1982, the site, the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, a Patrick Division matchup between the New York Islanders and the Washington Capitals. Al Jensen gets the start in goal for the Capitals, while Roland Melanson, Roly the goalie, is in between the pipes for the New York Islanders. And it was the Capitals getting on the board first with Anders Kaller in the penalty box for interference. Darren Veach gets his ninth goal of the season on the power play from Chris Valentine and Lee Norwood at 8.39, and it was one to nothing Capitals at that point. But the lead lasted less than a minute. At the 9.27 mark, the Islanders tie the game. Brent Sutter, his 21st from Stefan Pearson, and after one period, it was all even at one goal apiece. In the second period, the Islanders take command. First, some rough stuff out there. A couple of uh, penalties handed out at the 425 mark. And when I say a couple, I mean a heck of a lot. Misconduct penalties uh, handed out to Washington's Ryan Walter, Darren Veach, Chris Valentine, For the Islanders, Brian Trottier, a 10-minute misconduct. Brent Sutter, 5 for fighting and a game misconduct. Stefan Pearson, a misconduct. Uh, A game misconduct for Washington's Lee Norwood. He also got two minutes for unsportsmanlike. Goalie Al Jensen got two for roughing. Dave Longevin of the Islanders and Dennis Marouk of the Capitals. Also, 10-minute misconducts and... uh, Billy Carroll of the Islanders, a 10-minute misconduct. So all heck kind of breaking loose right there at the 425 mark. And the Islanders in that situation end up with a power play. And who else but Mike Bossy to take advantage? He scores his 59th goal of the season from Dennis Potvin and Tomas Janssen at 510. And the Islanders had a 2-1 lead. Islanders would go back on the power play with Timo Blomqvist off for tripping. Bossy tallies again his second of the game, 60th of the season. Dennis Potvin and John Tanelli with the helpers at 10:31, and it was 3-1 in favor of the home team. 
Islanders extended their lead less than a minute after that. Bob Bourne is 23rd from Anders Keller and Dwayne Sutter. And it was now 4-1 to one Islanders, and they weren't done yet. With Mike Siltala in the box for holding a third power play goal of the period for Mike Bossy. His 61st of the season, completing the hat trick. Brian Trottier and Dennis Potvin with the helpers at 15-24. And the Islanders had a 5-1 lead at the end of two periods. Islanders weren't done yet. In the third, Bob Nystrom scores his 19th from Bob Bourne and Dave Longevin just a minute 28 into the final stanza. Then Bob Bourne is 24th from Nystrom and Butch Goring. And at the 12.30 mark of the third period, Mike Bossy puts the icing on the cake. His fourth goal of the year of the game, 62nd of the year, Tonelli and Trottier with the helpers. And the Islanders defeat the Washington Capitals by a final score of 8-1. And amazingly enough, in this game, the Islanders get eight goals on 26 shots. The team shot percentage for the game, 30.8. That was for the team. Roland Melanson, Roly the goalie, 19 saves in 20 shots. So he comes through. Uh, Bossy, four goals. Bob Bourne, two goals and an assist. A goal and an assist for Bob Nystrom. Dennis Potvin, three helpers. John Tonelli and Brian Trottier, each with two helpers in this contest. As far as shots on goal, Bossy leading the way with six, followed by Bob Bourne, who had four. And on the plus-minus side, a lot of power play goals, but it was Bob Bourne and Gord Lane who were each a plus-three for the Islanders. Every Islander on the ice was at least a plus-one, except for two forward Billy Carroll, usually a fourth liner, and he spent 10 minutes in the penalty box. Uh, he was even, and so was Tomas Janssen, the defenseman. Every other Islander was at least a plus one. Al Jensen gave up the first three goals. He was pulled after 30 minutes and 21 seconds of action. He was replaced by backup Dave Paro, who gave up five goals on just 13 shots, a 6.15 save percentage in 29 minutes and 29 seconds of action. Meanwhile, as far as the Capitals are concerned, Doug Hicks was a minus three. That was the lowest uh, plus minus in the game. Penalty minutes, Islanders finished the game with 81, the Capitals with 72. But at the end of the day, it was all Islanders. They completed a sweep of a home-and-home home with the Washington Capitals. Islanders 8, Capitals 1 on this date in Islanders history, March the 23rd, 1982. We'll be back with our first part of our discussion on the Islanders with Gary Harding of WGBB Radio and the Islanders Booster Club. More to come here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, with me right now from WGBB Radio, Gary Harding, also uh, very involved with the Islanders Booster Club. And uh, Gary, how are you today? 
Good evening, and welcome to uh, Quarantine Central, I guess, huh? Yeah, the whole world seems to be on Quarantine Central right now, unfortunately. But look, we still have uh, plenty of topics to discuss about the New York Islanders. I I think the latest news that came out was uh, Lou Lamorello answering some fans' questions on, on Twitter and on the Islanders' website. And one of the things that he talked about was uh, that no matter what, you know, the team intends to match any offer for Matthew Barzal during this offseason, your, your thoughts about what Lou said and maybe what he should do? Well, that that obviously is, you know, to any Islander fan, the biggest no-brainer that's going to exist. Um, you know, you know, the, the quote-unquote experts come out and say, oh, a team's going to put an offer sheet. You know, number one, how do you know they're going to put an offer sheet down? If it's anything to do with the Islanders, it's, it seems to me that a lot of these uh, Canadian-based media are going to, like, you know, you know, jump ugly on, on them and stuff like that. You know, you hope that's not the case. But, um, you know, it, like I said, it's, it's very – it seems to be very obvious that, you know, Barzell, Matthew Barzell is a key to this team. It's a key to, you know, the future success and 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 building players around him and knowing that you've got your 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 best player, your star player locked up um you know is very important. So, you know, right now there's a lot more things that are of critical importance, you know, to get the season eventually maybe to get the season going to um you know other 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 players that possibly could be coming over uh you know I guess we'll talk about Sorokin and you know after this but you know there's a lot of decisions that are on that are on loose plate you know over the next days weeks months whatever but you know to to make the reassurance or at least make the commitment and saying you know no matter what uh any crazy general manager might want to offer Matthew Barzell we're going to do the best we can and we're going to either have to match it or, or give him something, you know, that's that gets uh, relevant to a player of his statue and and his numbers. And I, I don't think it's going to get to that point. I really think that in my heart of hearts that Lou is going to make some kind of a deal and get Matt, Matt signed long term. You know, he's always, unlike other people that said, you know, he loves New York and this and that, I, I think Matthew really does. And I think he really loves the team that he's on. And he gets the system, and I think that's that's important. And um, you know, at this you know at this time, you can you know get him at, a, at hopefully at a decent number and uh, lock him in you know for as long as possible. Yeah, no question. He is definitely a building block uh, of around which the Islanders are you know going to build their future. And you know, he is probably the youngest star on the team right now. Uh, and and he still, in my opinion, at least, hasn't reached his full potential yet on the ice. That, that's absolutely true. Um, you know, for obvious reasons, and 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 as a result of the system that he's under, you know, he's had to learn a lot of new things. He's had to learn to play the two hundred foot game. He's had to learn, you know, to be to be uh, back checking, blocking shots, being involved you know, on the defensive side of the game, as well as showing his offensive skills. And sometimes it's, it's helped tremendously. And sometimes it's really nipped him in the, you know what, um, but you know what, he's 22, he's learning. He's, he's still a kid. And the potential to me is so much untapped. Um, you know, 
people see a lot of uh, a lot of very very good things out of this young man, and I, I think the sky is the limit. You know, I don't think we're going to see a uh, a Wayne Gretzky or a Mario Lemieux type player in Matt Barzell, but you're going to definitely see a kid that's going to be a star in this league, a potential star in this league for many many years to come. Yeah, I got to agree with you about that, and and you know this interruption of the season and we don't know when and if it will resume but obviously the islanders were struggling at the time that play was suspended what what do you see as the biggest difference between where the islanders were in october and november during that 17 game point streak and where they have been in february and march when they were struggling as much as they were you know you don't you don't think about it you know, it doesn't come to your, you know, your brain right away. But to me, it it really, really did. Um, to me, and, and people might think I'm crazy, but I, I think the biggest catalyst on this team, when the team has been, you know, struggling and, and has been missing, is Casey Zizekas, without question. You know, there are there are guys that are that are stars in this league, and you depend on them. You depend on them for what they what they provide you. You know whether it's offensively or a goaltender, or d- defensively, but Casey is, to me, you know, and, and I'll, I'll use the, I'll use the the old Daryl Strawberry, the straw that stirs the drink. But to me, he does that. His presence, stab- on that fourth line that stabilizes everything. You know, they always the Islanders always go, went out with the fourth line. You know, they set the tone. They set you know what the game was going to be. Um, you know. It, you really, real, you make it real, becomes so much evident that you know this team that struggled over the last six to eight weeks of the of the uh, of the season before the uh, the season ended um, was the fact that that Casey was out for four weeks, and you can see how much the play turned. I won't say negative, but it was there was there was not as much passion, there was not as much. Um, you know, 200 foot game from from all the lines as a result of Casey being out, and of course Cal as well. I mean, you know, him also being out, you know, with that unfortunate skate incident. Um, you know that that chemistry makes so much of an impact going all the way down from player number one to player number 23. And you know, if anybody tells you that you know the Islanders are are not a you know are not a better team. With Casey, if Zeke is in the lineup, I'll tell you, you're crazy. No no question that that fourth line is the catalyst for so much that this team does. And one issue about that, you know, both you had Clutterbuck and Zizekas out of the lineup together for a while. And then the other question becomes, you know, Matt Martin is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. Do you think the team brings Matt Martin back to keep that fourth line intact? Or do they say, hey, we've got so many other players who can fit on that fourth line on the roster right now, maybe we let Matt Martin walk? That's a, that's, that's a hard decision to make. You know, you've got, you know, other guys that can, that can fill that spot. Um, you know, Russ Johnston, when he's, when he's been in the lineup, has been been not a disappointment. You know, he's, you know, not, again, you're not expecting you know Matt Barzell or Anders Lee like numbers from from Ross Johnston, but he has contributed, you know, both in the offensive side 
um, with his physical presence. Um, you know, he obviously could be, you know, the next, you know, fourth line presence. You know, Matt Martin again is a, is a big, um, you know, fan of you know the you know of the of the player you know the, of the fans. You know, the fans love Matt Martin. You know, he always brings something to the table. Um, you know, but you know he's getting a little longer in the tooth now. He's in his thirties. You know, he's not providing the same kind of uh, game that he did two or three years ago, you know, and, and, and it's evident um, whether, you know, whether that means that Lou uh, takes a chance on something else or, or brings somebody in, obviously that's a, a big decision. And, you know, there's going to be a lot more other decisions that are going to be made before this one has to be put into fruition. But um, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say yes or no on this one, uh, Gil, to be honest with you, because I just don't know, you know, what, uh, what Lou's going to want to do. All right. That's going to do it for part one of my interview with Gary Harding. We will have more of that interview on tomorrow's show as we discuss a lot more issues about the 2019-2020 New York Islanders. So please make sure you join us for that. That's going to wrap up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a more national perspective on everything happening around the world of hockey. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow with more great coverage here on Locked On Islanders. Have a great day, and let's go Islanders!